Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Negotiation. In this episode, we talk with Bruno Schiavi, an Australian fashion designer who has worked with the likes of the Kardashians on their Kardashian collection and is now launching a new hemp and CBD company called Uncle Buds and has the likes of Magic Johnson and Jane Fonda on the team as well. The really interesting part is that he's bringing some of his product line to China and without a trace of THC in any of Uncle Bud's products, he's having a rather easy time doing it. We asked Bruno why he decided to expand his business into China and how he plans to make a good first impression on Chinese consumers. We talked to Bruno about why he chose to partner with Tmall as his platform of choice and how he plans to go about marketing CBD in a country that is deeply rooted in traditional Chinese medicines and herbs. We also asked how Bruno has been able to build his team in China while based overseas and finding talent interested to work in a new field like hemp and CBD. Enjoy. Within the cosmetic and beauty field, the Chinese consumer really is embracing American products or European products. We've been fortunate enough that Timor uh, has allowed us to actually launch with them by not having to change our packaging, which is something that's super important for us because it keeps the essence of the brand. Look, we have 72 SKUs that we retail in the US between hemp and CBD, and we've curated a collection of 20 that we're launching within China which are the SKUs that we believe will appeal to the Chinese consumer. Home to over 4 billion people, the Asia-Pacific region boasts one of the most powerful consumer markets on the planet. Not only is it home to half the world's under 30 population, but it's also home to more than half the world's internet users. It's a market no globally-minded brand should ignore. But entering markets like China is no easy task. Just ask the likes of Microsoft, Google, Uber, and Facebook. Times are changing, and with the right partners, doors are slowly opening as more and more companies find success expanding into the markets of the Middle Kingdom. I myself spent eight years in China, mostly as a venture capitalist, helping early-stage tech companies enter the Asia-Pacific market successfully. This show is dedicated to uncovering and examining successful China entry and growth strategies by interviewing the people behind those success stories. My name is Todd Embley, and welcome to The Negotiation, brought to you by WPIC Marketing and Technologies. Bruno, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to our audience for those who may not know you, and a little bit about your company. Sure. Uh, so my name is Bruno Schiavi. I've been in retail for about 25 years. Uh, I've launched many, many brands uh, internationally uh, with uh, some of the biggest companies and some of the biggest names in the world. Uh, my current brand is called Uncle Bud's Hemp and CBD. We're a hemp and CBD brand that's focused on topicals. Uh, everything from pain relief to anti-aging to um, bath and body and also sun care. We're 100% manufactured in the U.S. We only use U.S. ingredients and all of our products are THC-free, we're paraben-free, we're GMO-free um, and we're also uh, not tested on animals, which we're super happy about. We launched the brand two years ago and um, we're in about 15,000 stores in the U.S. throughout all the major retailers in the U.S. Um, and also in Australia, and we're just about to launch in China, a uh, partnership with Timo and Alibaba, which we're super thrilled about and excited about. Awesome. So what made you decide to expand into China? I think you're the first guest we've ever had where we're broaching, you know, the CBD world discussion, So, which is, which is awesome and a bit of a milestone for us. And you've you've decided to go into China, which which 
contains a lot to unpack there because there's a lot to discuss about that. But initially, what made you decide to expand into China? Well, I've worked with China for the last 20 years. I used to live in China myself as well. I lived in Shanghai uh, on and off. Uh, You know, I used to travel to Shanghai quite often. My mother used to live there as well, uh, on and off as well. So I'm very familiar with the Chinese market. One thing that I know about the Chinese market is that they love embracing uh, new brands. They also embrace new products. Uh, They embrace new ingredients. Uh, And again, CBD and hemp are new ingredients. And uh, it's something that we thought um, we're ready to go into the Chinese market. It's not an easy venture. It's certainly... Uh, full of uh, different challenges, but, uh, you know, we love a good challenge and uh, that's how I've launched every brand over the last 20 years. Nothing's easy. You just have to keep at it. Um, and I think the, the Chinese consumer is really going to embrace the power uh, of hemp and CBD products, especially in, uh, in topicals. Agreed. You're preaching to the choir, by the way. I'm a big fan. For those who aren't familiar in our audience, would you mind actually taking a second, putting on your 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 uh, your lab coat and your your protective glasses, and describing to everybody a little bit what is CBD and how is it different than THC? Because I think it's important for those who don't know. Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, CBD comes from the stalk of uh, of the plant, and that's how you extract it. And uh, hemp comes from the seeds um, of the hemp plant, which is very important. That's how you get hemp seed oil. Uh, you cold press it. Um, and again, our products have no THC uh, because it comes from the hemp plant. So our CBD is derived from the hemp plant. Um, so for us, that's something that you know we were very careful about because we have people that uh, you know are in the police force or in the army or you know first responders or nurses and things like that, and and obviously they cannot have any THC within their system. Uh, so first of all, we wanted to to have a source of where we were getting our hemp and our CBD uh, that had no traces of THC in the actual product, um, and that's why we sold it mainstream retailers, you know, throughout the. US. US and also internationally because we truly have a product that is THC free. What kind of growth have you been seeing globally uh, where you exist in the US, in Australia? Um, you know, just globally speaking, how have we seen the growth, specific regions, how's the growth been around the world? Can you kind of compare the two? Yeah, look, uh, hemp and CBD market is going to be about $25 billion by the end of 2025, uh, which is incredible. It's the fastest growing category. Again, I've been in retail for 20 years and I've never seen a category that's had such tremendous growth. Uh, retailers are getting excited about it. Retailers are creating uh, new you know, areas within their store to house hemp and CBD products. So it's something that consumers are embracing, retailers are excited about it, and I think you're only going to see more and more um, you know, growth from this amazing category and benefits. People want a natural solution to things like pain relief. People are super conscious about what they put on their body and uh, on their face. Um, so for us, this is a category that we really wanted to be at the forefront of, and that's why we decided we really wanted to be the first brand in China that had a huge presence uh, in this topical category. Are you venture-backed? Were you able to raise money for this? No, we're self-funded. 
Oh, well done. We didn't want to be backed. <laughs> uh, well, look, we probably get approached, uh, honestly, every week or every month by five, six, seven or eight different investors that want to invest within the company. Uh, we always wanted to be self-funded. We've been profitable since day one. Um, and uh, there's, a, there's a difference with how we launched the brand. You know, there are a lot of hemp and CBD brands out there, but a lot of them have never really had retail experience. Uh, you know, working with big box retailers such as, you know, your Coles or your vitamin shops, et cetera. Uh, the difference is we've done that over and over again over the last 20 years. We know what it takes to be in a big box retailer. We know what it means to have on-time shipping. We know what it means not to have chargebacks from retailers. All those things that a lot of the hemp and CBD companies that haven't had a chance to to do before, we've done it. I think that's really important. Uh, you know, if you look at companies like Rent the Runway, you know, and those girls were fantastically successful. And a lot of people would assume that they were fashion moguls of some sort. You know what they were? Logistics experts. Yeah. And that was really what it took to be successful in the market. And um, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. Of course, I come from the venture capital world. And I know that a lot of entrepreneurs... They they don't understand or sit in the hard thing about the hard things to kind of steal Ben Horowitz's uh, book title. It's it's pretty easy to talk about the easy thing about the easy things, but um, very difficult to do the hard thing about the hard things. And I think understanding retail, if you're going to be a wildly successful company, that's the main thing you're going to have to understand. So it is definitely something that that you have to understand uh, if you're going to do something like that. How does that how does that parlay into being successful going into China, which is very, very mobile first, mobile only and e-commerce driven? Look, it's it's hugely uh, important to have the experience of what you're getting yourself into, because if you're thinking of launching in the U.S. and you think you have hurdles, times that by 100 when you go into China. <laughs> uh, there's a language barrier. There's the mm-hmm. new regulation, uh, transport, distribution, online, social media platforms. Everything is different. So what you've done here in the U.S., throw that out and start from the beginning when you go to China. And if uh, if you don't really have the expertise, partner with somebody that has, or bring on a mentor uh, that that has experience within that territory. That's what I would say. Um, it's you know it's hugely important to understand your customer. It's hugely important to understand your playing field when you go into a new territory, uh, especially with China. It's such a big territory. Uh, it's so vastly different. So, you know, again, it's it's important to do your homework before you go into a new territory. If you didn't have that boots on the ground understanding, would that have changed your decision to go to China or at least how quickly you're going to go to China? Personally, not for me <laughs> because I love a challenge. And I think yeah. when you're an entrepreneur and you're in business, you have to take those risks because if you're not, uh, please just get a nine to five job because owning your own brand and your own company and being an entrepreneur, it's all about uh, discovering uh, new ways to do things. Um, but again, if I had not had the experience with China before, I would definitely still go into China, but I would surround myself with people that have experience or that have launched there before. Uh, I'd mm. at least bring on somebody that can manage the business for you in China. There is many, There are many different ways that you can do it. Uh, but again, I think China is an important market. 
Let's talk about some China specifics uh, for a second, maybe and root the conversation around branding. Uh, you're branding for the Chinese market. Uh, I'm guessing you're going to adopt it or adapt it. It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, what are you doing uh, differently based on what you feel you need to do differently? And tell us about what you feel you need to do differently and why. So within the uh, within the cosmetic and and beauty field, uh, the Chinese consumer really is embracing um, you know American products or European products. We've been fortunate enough that Timor uh, has allowed us to actually um, launch with them by not having to change our packaging, which is something that's super important for us because it keeps um, it keeps the you know the essence of the brand. Um, look, we have 72 SKUs that we retail in the U.S. between hemp and CBD, and we've curated a collection of 20 that we're launching within China, uh, which are the SKUs that we believe will appeal to the Chinese consumer. But we've had to change the way that we've um, done social media. Well, obviously, we have Chinese social media channels such as Weibo, WeChat, uh, Redbook, and so mm-hmm. forth. So obviously appealing to the Chinese consumer, working with KOLs and KOCs uh, for your uh, listeners that are not familiar with what a KOL and KOCs, they're the um, equivalent to influencers here in the US, mm-hmm. Instagram influencers or uh, Facebook influencers. So we're working with a lot of different Chinese um, talent as well, uh, but also bringing some star power like, you know, Magic Johnson, who's part of my company and Jane Fonda and Tony Braxton, uh, bringing and sprinkling that across and doing interviews with a lot of uh, different publications we have uh, we brought on a full-time PR team that's based out of China uh, out of Shanghai and Beijing to work together with us and closely with my New York based PR team as well so mm-hmm. in order to be successful I think you have to go all in you know because you're only going to make uh, you're only going to get one chance to make a good impression and to get great sales so you're either going to be fully committed or sit back and wait until you're ready what is the appetite of Chinese consumers for second chances? You mentioned you've got one chance, you know, for, uh, to make a first impression. Are Chinese consumers more or less forgiving on the second chances? Look, I think uh, like every consumer, but especially in China, uh, impressions uh, count and the way you come mm. across as a brand, brand is really important in the Chinese market. Uh, China consumers can actually be a lot more finicky than uh, American or European consumers, but they also tend to be a lot more brand loyal at the same time as well. Uh, First impressions, honestly, in China, I think are more important than first impressions in the US or or European um, because China uh, views a brand that's coming in from the outside as an exciting opportunity but if you fail to deliver the message in your first round, I think personally it will be a tough journey ahead. So that's why I always say be prepared to make everything, uh, to do everything possible that you can get that Chinese consumer from social media platforms, Chinese-based social media platforms, print interviews, media interviews, events, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that's really key. You mentioned that you you chose Tmall, and one of the reasons you chose Tmall was the ability to keep the packaging that you already had. 
what other reasons went into or what other factors played into the role of, of actually choosing Tmall as your platform to launch into China with? Look, for us, we wanted to partner with the biggest retail uh, company in China. And certainly Tmall is no stranger at bringing in brands uh, from overseas that have a strong following overseas and uh, also help launch them from a platform of, you know, a billion users that they have in terms of uh, PR and also marketing and advertising and exposure. I love the way Timor uh, curates new brands and brings uh, each season and each year new brands to the Chinese consumer and really spotlights those brands. That's really important. Uh, I like the way Timor um, engages with the customers. I like the way that Timor actually, um, you know, the whole social media platform, the whole online shopping is really super strong with Timor and their innovation is really second to none. So we really wanted to be part of that. So especially launching for Double Eleven Festival, uh, we thought that that was super key. You know, we're launching with Magic Johnson doing a live streaming for Double Eleven, uh, which is going mm-hmm. to be phenomenal. So that's uh, actually in November seventh. Um, that's excellent. So for us, we wanted a partner that believed in all of those elements. I want to sit in, uh, and that's great. And I, I love Tmall Global for that. They are really awesome. When you're bringing in the influence, right? You mentioned the key opinion leaders, key opinion customers. But first, I just wanted to ask a little bit about, you know, the influencers. Like you said, you have uh, the Magic Johnsons. They're already a part of your company, which is which which may dilute my ability to get the, the answer I was hoping for out of here. But how do you get influencers to get on board with this? I think this is almost a, even a general question for people and the entrepreneurs that listen to the show that are really interested in, and want to learn, know, know how to do this more professionally to be able to get better influences on there. How have you been able to bring in such a star-studded cast? So if we're talk- are we talking about Magic Johnson or are we talking about the Chinese side of uh, influences? Well, I would actually, I, I'd like to do maybe a broad cover of uh, Magic Johnson's and some of the U.S. ones that you have at your disposal already. And then actually, if there's some nuance there to do with China as well, then we can tease that out along the way. So, you know, I've been, again, celebrities being what I've, what, uh, what I've been doing for a very long time. And when you have a category uh, or when you have a product uh, that is a product that's a little bit niche in the white space. Like when we started Hempen City two years ago, you know, there were a handful of brands. Uh, you need to get that credibility out there. Uh, for me, it was about finding the right partners to come and join my company that had a voice, uh, but had a reason uh, to come and speak about hemp and CBD. So first, uh, when I partnered with Tony Braxton, Tony has lupus. A condition of lupus is where your joints swell. So of course, a natural solution to lupus uh, is using hemp and CBD as pain relief because it's got a natural anti-inflammatory property. Uh, then we really wanted somebody that was, you know, well known in the skincare arena. So again, you know, Jane Fonda, she's an activist, she's an eco warrior. Uh, everything's green, mm-hmm. and again, you know, she is, she looks phenomenal for her age, but she has aches and pains. So again, you know, that comes in handy. And then, of course, a sports legend uh, that needs no introduction. But what I look for, which is Magic Johnson, of course, and again, he has aches and pains and he loves the natural uh, solution to pain relief. But when I try and look at a 
spokesperson or ambassador for a brand, um, I try and make sure that it's authentic because there are too many brands out there that just use people for the sake of using them. Everybody knows it's a payday, but it doesn't become authentic anymore, right? So if you're looking at bringing on a brand ambassador, first of all, um, have a look at what you can offer them because a lot of them will be super expensive. Can you offer them equity in the company? Can you give them royalties? Can you give them an advance, for example? Uh, you know, if you're starting out, maybe do bring on an investor from the beginning if you don't have cash flow so that you can get a celebrity or an athlete or a spokesperson, a doctor, a nurse, somebody that lends, gives it credibility, you know? Um, and that's how I've always uh, run my brands. I always like to, to bring in a little bit of uh, star power so that can help with uh, with a little bit of credibility, press, PR, but they have to align to the messaging that the brand's all about. I would also assume that the fact that Magic Johnson isn't just uh, one of the one of the just the most of most famous um, sports celebrities in the world, but basketball because of basketball in China, that has to help. Absolutely. You know, the NBA is said to be worth about a billion dollars in the Chinese market, the NBA alone. Um, so again, Magic Johnson, I really wanted to partner with him, not just because he's super well known for NBA, but he's also an amazing businessman, right? He just donated uh, during COVID, his foundation donated $100 million uh, to small businesses. Uh, so again, not just because he's well known and he's done so much for the sports community, but also what he's done for uh, young entrepreneurs, what he's done for businesses, what he's done for upcoming talent, uh, and is just, uh, again, a, a powerhouse when it comes to knowing uh, about business and uh, navigating, you know, uh, sports. So again, you know, for us, Magic Johnson launching in China was um, a no-brainer. Back to Tmall a little bit. What does your SKU menu look like on, on Tmall Global? What was the first launch of line of products that you decided to launch and why? So we have 20 SKUs that we've decided to curate for Tmall Global. They range from pain relief uh, to personal care, such as uh, face masks, uh, eye serum, eye oils, anti-aging, um, and also personal wellness. Uh, a lubricant, a CBD lubricant, um, because uh, it's important, you know, and uh, there is a big market for that. And we want it to appeal to a lot of different people. Uh, our brand really appeals to everybody from the ages of 18 all the way to 99, right? doesn't matter if you have aches and pains or you feel like trying the CBD face mask and uh, or CBD eye serum. So we really wanted to enter the the China market with a little bit of everything including believe it or not a hemp hand and body lotion that actually kills bacteria. It kills up to 99.9% of bacteria. That's been formulated and FDA registered. So we're launching because, you know, antibacterial products and sanitization products is the way of the future. 
That is actually amazing. That's a that's a great blend. China has a very prominent history and culture of the traditional Chinese medicine, right? Very holistic, very herbal medicine. And they have a lot of different and competing thoughts throughout different areas of China of what works, what doesn't. Western medicine uh, mixed in with Chinese traditional medicine or completely separated how does that affect? Talk to us a little bit about what you've seen as far as that integration with CBD overall, and how have you guys been navigating your way through that uh, cultural background? Well, if you think about the benefits of hemp and CBD, it's the natural partnership to what China does with herbal medicine, right? Because what is hemp and CBD used for? So what are we trying to do with hemp and CBD? We're trying to give people a natural alternative, right, to not uh, taking over-the-counter prescription like pain relief uh, tablets, right? What's Chinese medicine? What what does that do? It's a natural alternative not to take over-the-counter prescriptions, right? So I think it, it, it goes hand in hand. We're offering a product uh, that is based on the efficacy of, um, again, hemp and CBD, great moisturizing properties, anti-inflammation, omega-3, 6, and 9. It's a natural product. Uh, So again, those are all key benefits to why you should be using hemp and CBD. So instead of popping two Advil, uh, we say try uh, hemp or CBD pain relief roll-on or a pain relief gel. So again, I think it goes hand in hand. And I think that that's why this category is going to do super well in China. It's already seen great growth in China. And I think it'll be one of those categories that uh, will become very important in the skincare and topical market. It's still early days, but any future plans for expansions within the market, any kind of new products or new SKUs, new platforms that you're going to be coming up with in the near future? We want to uh, launch in China with these 20 SKUs that we've curated and, and think that will do well in China. But we really want to listen to what the consumer uh, consumers' appetite is. You know, we want to uh, we want to listen to our customers. We want to see what products they want to see next from from the brand. And this is how we expanded in the US as well. It was customer feedback. Hey, you guys should do this, or have you thought of this? So again, of course, there's going to, there are going to be certain SKUs that will be created, especially for the Chinese market. But we want to uh, enter and first crawl, then walk, and then run, uh, and really see what what else we can expand on and what categories. And and then not just from a product skew, but also from a retail standpoint. You know, we, we're thinking about having uh, one or two flagship stores in 2021 uh, in China, one in Hangzhou and also one in Shanghai. So there are many plans for China over the next uh, 12 to 24 months. Amongst those expansion plans, um, I'm assuming that you would invariably have to also expand the team. Can you... Talk to us a little bit about what it was like to build the team there, um, what you were looking for, how you went about. I'm just interested to kind of tease out some information and some expertise on actually hiring and building a team there if you're based not there. Yeah, look, the hardest thing is when you're based overseas and trying to run a business that's, uh, you know, thousands of miles Mm -hmm. away. Uh, And you really want to, as I mentioned earlier, surround yourself with people that really know the market. So for us, we knew that we needed, first of all, a localized PR team, 
because that's super important, messaging, right, mm-hmm. and social media. Mm-hmm. We also wanted to make sure that we partner with uh, a distribution uh, warehouse that uh, was able to supply to Timor, but that had worked with Timor before. Uh, and again, if you're entering China uh, for the first time, Timor can give you some great recommendations for uh, their partners that they trust, that they work with uh, in terms of partnering for distribution and uh, and companies that can help you set up uh, products on Timor. So it's not that daunting. Um, just ask the questions. Uh, Timor, again, has a lot of resources that they can help with. And, you know, bring on uh, a warehousing team, bring on a logistics team, and bring on a PR and social media team. That should be able to set you up as far as retailing on Timor or Alibaba. Uh, but again, do do your research in terms of, you know, who are your competitors? What should I do in terms of social media? There are many costs involved with launching, you know, a brand uh, in China, especially, because there are a lot of components mm-hmm. that you have to put in place. Uh, so be prepared for a lot of expenses. But um, hopefully you have a good business plan that uh, that will get you through or at least get some good advisors that can help you advise on next steps to China because there are many resources available. Was there any headaches trying to import your products and get them through customs into China? There were no headaches as such, but uh, you have to register your products through, uh, through customs. So again, having a great mm-hmm. logistics team that knows how to run that process uh, it'll help you because uh, as a business that's not based out of China uh, in a category that has many different gray areas and uh, thankfully topicals is not an area that uh, is gray. It's more the edibles that have a grayer area. Um, but again, get get a logistics team that really can help you with registering products uh, with customs in China so you have no problems getting the products across. That's good advice. Okay, Bruno Schiavi, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Can you tell everybody where they might be able to go to find out more information about the products and potentially even just your sites where they can go and buy it? Absolutely. You can go to unclebudshemp.com. Uh, you can find a lot of information there. And, uh, you know, in case you want to go to our China Timor uh, store, you just go to timor.com and then put in Uncle Buds in the search field, all one word, and all our products will come up. But uh, unclebudshemp.com for everyone else. And you can find a lot of articles, a lot of uh, blogs, a lot of topics that we discuss, um, and just a lot of information about hemp and CBD uses, benefits, and questions people have are always on there. Awesome. Bruno, thanks again so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Growing a company is hard. Doing it in a foreign market? Exponentially so. The best piece of advice I can give you is not to do it alone. When you start looking across the pond for further expansion possibilities, and I sincerely hope that you do, make sure you choose the right partners to do it with. My good friends at WPIC Marketing and Technologies have almost 20 years of experience helping brands just like yours enter China. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Negotiation. And if you're interested in being a guest or want to connect with me or any of our team, please reach out to us at podcast at WPIC.co. And be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Zai Jian.